Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Welcome to today's Coach House Beacon, God's Champions Part 2. In Hebrews chapter 11, it sets out a long list of champions of the Bible, people of great faith and trust in God, who did not have an easy ride by any stretch of the imagination, and who succeeded, overcame and finished the task they'd been given. They're called champions because they've run the race of life and been successful in reaching the prize of heaven, and well done from God himself. We all like gratification, whether it's a simple nod from someone that we're doing the right thing, to an outspoken thanks or a public recognition of our efforts. However, the Bible warns about what we already know. Nothing is gained without effort or pain or struggle. Comparing life's journey to an endurance race is no accident, as it says in Hebrews 12. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. There are also many others who could be added to the gallery of faith in Hebrews 11. Those we would class as champions who have retained their trust in God despite exceptional circumstances because they have a sure and certain hope. So I'm going to describe some of them briefly here. Corrie ten Boom was part of a Dutch Christian family. She trained to be a watchmaker like her grandfather and father, and in 1922 became the first female licensed as a watchmaker in Holland. At the age of 48, she decided she had to do something to help the Jews who were suffering persecution. She devised a way to assist those needing aid, and planned out the idea of the family's house being used as a refuge. Since the watchmaker's shop had many customers constantly coming and going, it was a perfect secret location, since it didn't easily raise suspicions. The secret room built into Corrie's bedroom was behind a false wall and became the hiding place and refuge for both Jews and those who were members of the resistance movement, sought out by the Gestapo and Dutch authorities. This small space was the size of a small wardrobe closet and could hold up to six people at a time. On the 28th of February 1944, Corrie and her family were betrayed and arrested, then sent to the Ravensbrück concentration camp. During their time in the concentration camp, after long, hard days of work, Corrie and her sister Betsy held worship services in the barracks with the other women. An extract of the book says... Betsy or I would open the Bible. Because only the Hollanders could understand the Dutch text, we would translate aloud in German. And then we would hear the life-giving words passing back along the aisles in French, Polish, Russian, Czech and back into Dutch. There were little previews of heaven, these evenings beneath the light bulb. Corrie was miraculously released from prison due to a clerical error. And at the age of 53, Corrie started a worldwide ministry that took her to more than 60 countries over the next 33 years. She wrote many books, including her 1971 best-selling book called The Hiding Place. She was also honoured by the State of Israel for her work in aiding the Jewish people. 
and was invited to plant a tree in the avenue of the righteous Gentiles near Jerusalem. She would never have imagined how much of an influence she would have around the world. Pastor Chen, he was well educated and came from a wealthy background as his father was a factory owner. When communism took over the country, he was imprisoned for 18 years in a prison work camp in China. One of his greatest hardships was that he had no privacy to worship, pray, read or memorise the scripture. He was under constant surveillance. Frequently, he prayed that God would allow him a place of privacy so he could enjoy fellowship with God. Soon, the prison officials gave him a new assignment. In order to break his spirit and indoctrinate him, they gave him the most difficult work assignment in the camp. They assigned him to the camp cesspool, the sewer pit where he worked served 60,000 prisoners. His assignment was to scoop out human waste to be used for fertiliser. No one else wanted the job because it was lonely and repulsive and they feared deadly diseases. To withstand the hardship, he'd sing and pray and quote scripture aloud. One day it occurred to him that his assignment was a specific answer to prayer. None of the guards would get anywhere near him. He worked completely alone. He could pray, sing and quote scripture as loud as he wanted. He began to thank God and rejoice. There was no one there to hear him but his faithful God. His cesspool assignment lasted six years and miraculously he never contracted a disease from it. When he was released, the church that he managed had exploded in growth and vitality. He travelled to poor villages where he saw the hand of God at work. He represented the cause of the suffering church in China around the world. God is not restricted by any barriers, even a cesspool. Billy Graham is a name many people have heard of. Well, He grew up on a dairy farm in North Carolina and he was told, at best, all he could amount to would be a poor country Baptist preacher somewhere out in the sticks. You have a voice that pulls. God can use that voice of yours. He can use it mightily. Later, he was ordained as a Baptist preacher and was a good friend of Martin Luther King. And he spoke to more than 215 million people in more than 185 countries and territories. He met 12 US presidents. Not bad for someone who wouldn't amount to much. And finally, Brother Andrew. In July 1955, a young man called Andrew stepped off the train in Warsaw Central Station, carrying a suitcase containing a change of clothes and hundreds of booklets with the title The Way of Salvation. He travelled to a youth communist festival with the aim of telling young people the truth of Jesus, and that trip changed his life. There, behind the Iron Curtain, he first met Christians who were persecuted for their faith. Ever since that day, Brother Andrew, who is now known, has dedicated himself to the task of supporting and strengthening persecuted Christians, first in the communist countries of Europe, then further afield. He was miraculously waved through the customs control at the Romanian border while his car was full of Bibles. And this was the beginning of open doors. Thanks to Brother Andrew's desire to say yes to God's prompting, open doors now works in over 60 countries around the world, supporting and strengthening the church in the midst of trial and persecution. 
Could any of these modern-day champions ever imagine the magnitude of their influence on other Christians? Absolutely not. Billy Graham said, Being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion. It's a daily process where you grow to be more like Christ. So he was using another race analogy. It's more like a marathon than a sprint. And Brother Andrew simply said, One man with God is a majority. With God, not standing alone, but with the support, strength and direction of God through his Holy Spirit. God's champions are not superheroes. They're ordinary people who listen, trust and follow what God tells them to do. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.